0: Every lady needs a hobby. A Miss Fisher's Murder Mystery podcast. I'm
1: Genevieve. I'm Mackenzie. This week we're talking about season one, episode nine, Queen of the Flowers. So, what did you think about this episode? There's things I really liked about this episode, like Franny teaching the flower maiden self-defense. Pretty yeah, that scene—that's a highlight for uh, sure. Definitely a highlight. But then, you know, there's probably too many creepy old men for my for my enjoyment. That was, uh, yeah, didn't enjoy that so much.
0: Yeah, it does have some pretty dark themes, which aren't my favorite, um, like, you know, pedophiles and old men who prey on young girls. <laughs> but I do like the, um, sort of the teenage angst that's happening, Yeah. And, like, particularly yeah. Kitty's, like, sort of, I don't know, like, her tragic imagination is pretty <laughs> Yeah, <diverse. laughs> there's a pretty funny scene. <laughs> Definitely reminds me of me at that age. <laughs>
1: She's like, oh, the ocean probably called to her. Yeah, she definitely... She went to its icy depths. She yeah. wanted to end it all. Yeah. Um, I also like, um, which we can obviously talk about more later, but I feel like Franny and Jack in this episode, they're sort of... There's a lot of, like, friendship happening, which is not quite as exciting as all of the sexual tension, but... Yeah, there's... Yeah. There's, there's just... like, absolutely no resistance from Jack in yeah. this episode. Yeah, exactly. He, he actually asks for her help. Yep. So, yeah. So, the cold open is... So it's the beach at night. So it's like a moonlit night, and the waves are rolling in, and there's a couple walking along the beach and kissing. But then a dead body is washing ashore with the tide, which is the murder. Classic murder, murder mystery victim. trope: yeah. random people come across a body. Well, I don't. Do they even find the body? No, they don't. Actually, They're just yeah. walking. Yeah, nine, which is pretty so. fucking
0: weird. And then they don't find the body until like the next. The day. next day, like no one has noticed. No one noticed a body.
1: I don't know. Sometimes you walk along the beach and there's lots of weird stuff and you just kind of ignore it. I guess so. I don't know (laughs) if I would ignore a dead body, but... Um, I also remembered the murderer 14 seconds in, so...
0: Um, yeah, I didn't even try because I, like, really could not remember. And, basically, until they revealed it. So... Um so then we cut to Miss Fisher's house where she is getting her wayward pack of orphans ready for some kind of like debutante <laughs> event for like wayward children. Um, the Queen of the Flowers ball. Yeah. Which is four days away, we find out. Um, and so at the at the table are Jane and the other orphan Marie, um, who previously appeared in the episode yes. where Jane, you know, was her rescued. Robin.
1: Ballarat train. Murder
0: right on the Ballarat train, right. Yep. She's the one who went to live with her grandmother.
1: Yes. yeah. But now is a flower maiden under and Franny's tutelage. It seems like she still has light fingers. Oh, uh, definitely still is just like she's examining the brand of the cup and she's eyeing the silverware. She um, definitely steals a napkin holder. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and Jane's kind of giving her the eye over that. Um, but I think the funny thing I think about this scene is that Miss Fisher is quizzing them about like table manners and <laughs> <laughs> Kitty's like trying to figure out which fork she should use to eat the asparagus. And it's no, a- Marie. Oh, Marie. Kitty's not yeah, there. Right, yet. Yeah. Kitty's. <laughs> Kitty's not coming back. <laughs> no, no. Oh, no. Ro- Rose is the other one. Yes. Kitty is the dead one. No, Kitty. Oh, yes. Kitty's the dead one. Oh my goodness. Would Listen you- to simplify things. I have nicknames them. Oh, good. <laughs> so Rose Pyro. Right. Yup. Marie Klepto. Yup. Yup kitty's just dead and then kitty dead jane is the one with the bows always but also it's not that hard to remember jane, also yeah so. jane's
1: a like recurring character so. so klepto
0: and pyro really is how i'm gonna refer to them for the rest of the <laughs> uh,
1: episode <yeah. laughs> um so marie klepto klepto is well mr butler serves them asparagus and friday's like which fork do you use and marie's like well it's, this one is a fish knife and this one is a soup spoon i give up and just like picks up the asparagus and eats it and yeah. And he's like, oh, that's exactly
0: right. Which is funny because I, I remembered that. Like, my mom used to think that mm-hmm. was really funny that Miss Manners said you could eat asparagus with your fingers. So I've, like, always remembered mm-hmm. that my whole life, even though I rarely see people doing that.
1: I always, well, my mom told me the same thing because she also was familiar with Miss Manners and <laughs> taught us many lessons for Miss Manners. And, yeah, I always eat asparagus with my fingers now. Um, also, I want to note that I love Dot's dress in this scene. Well, love is a strong word, but
0: for Dot, I think it's a good one. It's beige, which uh, it always is, but it also has, like, a cool, like, sort of pattern of, like,
1: mountains or something on it, which I like. I don't know. It's neat. Yeah. Um, also, Dot is reading the paper and telling Friny that she's made the social pages. Yes. Again.
0: And also, we find out that uh, a couple of girls are missing, namely Kitty is missing, um, Mm -hmm. and rose aka pyro shows up late still looking like
1: she's wearing party clothes and it's like i don't know where she is um <laughs> and her shoes are sandy and one of the maidens is missing yeah. after not showing up to a beach rendezvous
0: yeah so they go to the beach yep um and marie the klepto finds the body in the surf and they all sort of like rush over and just see this like drowned body mm-hmm. of their friend which seems like super traumatizing mm-hmm. and like Miss Fisher probably should be
1: shielding them from this because it's going to scar them for life. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be fair, they're probably already scarred for life. Not that that's a reason to just, you know, let them see a dead body. but Yeah,
0: but I do feel like that's a theme throughout this episode. Like, I just feel like these poor girls are being exposed to more than they should be. And, like, I think that there are moments where Jack and Phryne should just know better. Like, yeah. they talk about things in front of yeah. them that they shouldn't be talking about. Yeah. Anyway, uh, that's my beef.
1: <laughs> I have in my notes for this scene that a low-key stroll turns into a murder investigation, because it always does. What a surprise. <laughs> Gosh.
0: You can't go for a low-key stroll with Miss Fisher. No,
1: it's never just a low-key stroll. No. Um, also, I'll note that Jane is wearing a fantastic little, like, red riding hood jacket and beret. Oh, yeah, she wears that throughout. Mm-hmm. She looks like Madeline. Yeah, it's a great, yeah great outfit.
0: Um, oh, and then Jack and Hugh are called to the scene, and Jack thinks, like, she's she's probably been under for a few hours. Mm-hmm. This isn't, like, a fresh drowning.
1: And Jane says that she's a good swimmer, which is our first indication that foul play might be Yeah, afoot. exactly. And then we get
0: Jack's request for help. He actually invites Miss Fisher to sit in on his interviews with the girls, because mm-hmm. he bows to her expertise on wayward teenage girls, a.k.a. the klepto,
1: the pyro, and the one with the bows. <laughs> the one with the bows. I mean... <laughs> little bit of a what would be called jane the runaway the runaway
0: yeah. yeah but she always has humongous bows at the bottom of her braids <laughs> which is funny <laughs> to me
1: um also i'll note that friday has a, a fresh looking haircut in this episode i think her she got a haircut right her yeah. bob is a little shorter yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> um and then i think we go into sort of a uh maybe a bit of a round robin of interviews with these girls mm-hmm. um so they start with the klepto, Marie, who has, like, written a tragic romance novel about how Kitty's heart was broken by a wayward boy, and she just, like, threw herself into the sea, and it's Which, just, like, me at Hot Topic at age
1: 15, yeah. like, for, for sure. <laughs> the call of the black ocean.
0: Yeah. She's like, how come no boys have ever broken my heart at the seaside?
1: <laughs> We've all been there.
0: Get me my eyeliner! <laughs>
1: and then Friday's so scornful of this like dark r- romantic tale and then marie steals jack's fountain pen which um friday takes back to him
0: yeah she slips into his pocket in a very familiar gesture yeah which...
1: as he interviews jane which yeah it's,
0: it's not, like he he doesn't he's not lost on him he notices, no.
1: and it's not exactly sexual but it's definitely adorable yeah it's pretty cute um, so we also, in in terms of the murder investigation in these interviews, some key facts that we learned. Marie said that Kitty used to be a laundry maid, but had shiny new shoes. Yeah, she didn't dress like a laundry maid. Which seems like not what a laundry maid would wear. And then, um, Jane reveals that Kitty hasn't been well, but didn't want Miss Fisher to know in case she threw her out of the flower maidens. Which is like, why would she do that if she was just sick? What could it be? Ooh, could it
0: be the age-old reason? <sighs> How old are these girls supposed to be? It's not really established. But they, they can't be older than, like, 13, 14. They look really young.
1: No, I think they're more like 15, 16. Okay. Yeah. All right.
0: Um, but Jane acts young, I think, and she they dress her young.
1: Yeah, well, I think perhaps... Rose and Kitty are, like, older. 16, and maybe Jane and Marie seem more like 12, 13.
0: Yeah. So. Okay. That makes sense. Um, and then also, there's a strange woman lurking outside the house, and Jane is visibly perturbed by the presence of a strange woman. Yes.
1: Um, also, Hugh comes in, and he has Kitty's address, um, but Jane says that that's also Rose's address, which seems suspicious, because Rose didn't mention that Kitty lived with her. Fishing. Um, and then, out on the porch, they're interviewing rose. And I really think they put this scene on the porch because it was an excuse for Franny to wear these really cool sunglasses that I like definitely want a <laughs> pair of them. Oh, I missed it. Are they like round? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And like a little bit tortoise shell and I'm like they would be very in right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um it's sort of like there's like
0: a, a episode of Downton Abbey where um Lady Mary wears a terrific pair of round
1: sunglasses that mm-hmm. definitely inspired me to buy a similar <laughs> pair. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then they ask Rose about Kitty giving the same address as her. And she says, Oh yeah, my grandpa employed her as a laundry maid, but that was a long time ago, and it turns out it was six months ago, which like Oh, to be young again, where six months ago is, like, a long time ago. Basically five years. I mean, you could go through, like, 20 boyfriends in six months. (laughs) She's (laughs) like, oh, yeah, that was a long time ago.
0: Yeah. And she also just seems, like, mega disturbed. Isn't she, like, playing with a lighter in this scene? Just, like, Um, pouting (laughs) and it's like, ugh, ugh.
1: I wrote that Rose demonstrates she's dangerous because she's playing with a lighter. (laughs) Yeah, she's like, no one understands me. I need to go back to my room and listen to Radiohead. And she's, like, putting her fingers in it, like, to... Like, oh, yeah. dancing her fingers in the flame because she's definitely, in t- today's day and age, would be shopping at Hot Topic. Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> um, so then Jack and Hugh go to interview her fancy grandpa at his like, yeah. big, big old house.
1: And he's the owner of department stores and Jack's like, well, why is she one of the flower maidens? And it's because she's become too much for the grandpa to handle. Well, playing with lighters. Yeah,
0: I mean, it seems like a, a lot of his life has become too much for him to handle because his house is, like, a wreck. There's, like, no furniture. Yeah. And then he offers Jack and Hugh a, oh, a so. drink from this, like, disgusting decanter
1: full of, like, dust. <laughs> also, <laughs> wait, going back, before they go there, there's this scene where the they're interviewing Rose out on the porch, and in the parlor, like, Dot is waiting with the other maidens, and she's, like, very languidly dusting. And I'm just like, why is she dusting? <laughs> It's like she needed to be doing something instead of just like waiting. I missed that completely. She's just sort of like very sort of like I'm making a motion right now that the listeners can't see, but sort of (laughs) she's
0: dusting listeners.
1: A very, anyways. (laughs) um, And then also the mayor calls asking about the rehearsal, and Franny cancels and gets Marie to give back the letter opener (laughs) she snagged on her way out. And then Jane sees the woman lurking outside and seems to recognize her. Right, right. And then Franny goes to talk to the mayor, leaves Jane at home, and then Rose, Jack, and Hugh go to the grandpa's house. Right. So, sorry, I I know I, like, jumped back and then brought us back with a bunch of pointless details, but... (laughs) That's okay. (laughs) Um, So then,
0: um... The grandpa, that's when he offers Jack and Hugh the disgusting whiskey from It has so much sediment in it. I'm not even sure it's sediment. It's like, it's like he left the decanter off and like pieces of ceiling plaster fell into it. Yeah. But Hugh Hugh tries to hide it, which is what I would have done and what I do sometimes do when people offer me a drink I don't want, (laughs) but Jack just knocks it back, so...
1: I put in my notes all in the line of duty. <laughs> <laughs> um, he also dumps his drink in like a potted plant, and then no, while he's doing that, notices an important clue in the mission, in the murder, um, and that the phone lines have been cut. Yeah, so.
0: you know that's interesting to me because it's like if your phone gets shut off because you didn't pay the bill, which we find out later is what happened. Um, Would the telephone company come and physically
1: (laughs) cut the wires? I don't think so. Maybe that's the only way they could disconnect service. Yeah,
0: back in the the, the old timey days. She came with the
1: the wire cutters. Unclear. (laughs) Um, So also the grandpa says that he let Kitty go about six months ago because her work had slipped.
0: Right. And he offered her a reference, but she Mm -hmm. didn't take it. And he he offers to show it to them.
1: And then also in the scene, I noted that Rose is wearing an orange jacket with a red hat, which just... Maybe it's, like, playing up her pyromania and her danger, but it's really just clashes.
0: Yeah, um, I mean, I don't want to foreshadow my worst outfit of the week or anything, but, uh, she wears some weird shit throughout, <laughs> like...
1: She's a troubled teenager, and she doesn't have Hot Topic to shop at, so...
0: Yeah, and I guess she doesn't have a mother to help her figure no, out what she's, matches. She has a lot going on in her life. She really, we shouldn't make fun yeah, of her. Yeah, she's really she's been important. abused. Yeah. <laughs> anyway... Um, so then, meanwhile, Miss Fisher is interviewing the mayor and his, like, very bummed-out nephew, who seems just real upset. Um, yes.
1: Also, wait, sorry. One more important piece of the murder investigation. So, Jack tells Hugh to call the postmaster about the phone, so it was disconnected, but it was disconnected before Rose said that Kitty had called her to meet her at the beach. Right, yeah. So, that was obviously a so lie. So, Rose is lying about Kitty called her to for this beach rendezvous, but she didn't. Rose so, is lying.
0: Yeah. So, Miss Fisher is interviewing the mayor, um, and this is in the, like, ballroom where they're setting yeah. up for the ball, or whatever it is, and um, the nephew is, like, wearing a stupid little school uniform, and he looks pretty sad, and the mayor is insisting that they go forward with the ball, despite the fact that, like, a girl was just murdered, and I don't, I never understand, I don't think it's ever really explained why they decided to move forward with it. Like, it's like the mayor is trying to cover his ass, but, like,
1: I mean, does that work? No. Um, but maybe it would've if Miss Fisher hadn't been involved. I don't know why he wants to go ahead with it. Maybe because he's a creepy old man and he wants to see girls dressed up dancing. Probably. He definitely wants <gasps> that. Oh I also I just noticed
0: that I have in my notes thirteen minutes in and I think he's the killer. <laughs> so I guess I did remember.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, and him and his nephew are just Thoroughly preppy and obnoxious.
0: Yeah, and his nephew is like so bummed. He like definitely wants to go home and just like read depressing poetry mm-hmm. in his bedroom in the dark and then just like probably masturbate. I don't know. <laughs> he's also definitely shopping
1: a hot topic. Yeah, but he's it looks like he was wearing a Harry Potter uniform or something. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> also at this in this scene I had already remembered who the murderer was, but I was lamenting in my notes that there's no love interest yet for Friday in this episode. And there isn't really ever one, is there? No, just Jack. Just Jack. Well, I don't mind. <laughs> yeah, I'm not complaining about that, but... Oh, now Jane gets all Moby.
0: Yes, right. Dot is putting Jane's hair in pin curls, and Jane is, like,
1: sounding pretty fatalistic. She's like, oh, I've been so lucky. Uh, also, a... Jane is wearing the robe that Dot was wearing on the train in episode two. Not oh, really? an important detail,
0: but... I wonder if that's a mistake that they thought we wouldn't notice, or just that, like, it's supposed to be like Dot has passed on yeah. her robe to Jane in, like, a loving gesture.
1: I think that's it. Or it's just it was a robe and they needed a robe in the scene. <laughs> they had it in the costume. <laughs> like That's probably it. Anyways.
0: But yeah, Jane is like definitely something is up with her. I feel like we should rename this episode Queen of the Teen Angst.
1: Oh yeah, that's definitely a lot of what's going on. And yeah, these these flower maidens though, they had a lot of dark things happening in their lives. Yeah. Um, because it seems like perhaps Jane is all mopey about the strange woman that was yeah, no lurking outside. No one's picked
0: up on that yet. Um, so then back at the the ballroom, um, I guess they're prepping to get this thing on the sh- to get the show on the road. And Rose is once again like moping around, uh, complaining about how hopeless it all is, etc. And she's wearing a really ugly poncho that like clashes with her sort of mm-hmm. salmon mm-hmm. orange dress. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> um, again, has a lot going on, maybe isn't really, you know, on her game. Yeah,
0: clearly being raised by her, like, questionable grandpa.
1: Oh, which, um. okay, before the rehearsal at the hall, Hugh has confirmed that the Weston's phone was disconnected, so I think this is why, th- this is just, they bring back this clue. Yeah. Um, it was disconnected ten months ago with arson- with an arson attempt at the house, mm-hmm. and Rose was a person of interest in the investigation. Oh, right, because she
0: tried to set the house on fire, because she's yes. just definitely playing with fire all the time? Yes. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, she's like, firewalk with me. <laughs> Can we get, like, a... Is there any fan fiction that's, like, uh, Twin Peaks, Miss Fisher crossover? Because this episode would be ripe right for it.
1: Yeah, but, I mean... I mean, that's
0: also, you could about, write like, it, but it's also about, like, traffic, sex trafficking and teenage girls. It
1: some similar themes. Definitely a different time period. I'm not sure how you bridge that gap. Yeah, but... that's sort of an ambiguous time period, though, isn't it? True. Is it the 50s? Is it the 80s? But it's definitely not the 20s. Listen,
0: anything, <laughs> anything can happen in the world of fiction.
1: <laughs> anyway. Oh, anyways. anyways. Rehearsal at the hall. Franny, however, is of course wearing a fantastic, like all white outfit. Oh, it's great. It's great. Yeah, I
0: also have that down as something I liked. Um, and she decides that she's done teaching them how to eat asparagus and is going to like teach them some useful skills. So then we get this like self defense montage where she's <laughs> teaching them like how to attack each other. Um,
1: <laughs> so good. And then Jack and Hugh arrive right in the middle of it and just sort of sit there watching.
0: Yeah, and then of course there's the. <laughs> Reveal where she lifts up her skirt to reveal the knife in her garter and then notices that uh, Jack is there and does a little sort of, like, brushes her hair out of her face. Like, oh, hello, oh. Yes. And, the, I mean, really the best line in the episode where Jack says, I hope you're not concealing a deadly weapon under that skirt.
1: <laughs> she says, I'm concealing a lot of things. That's what a lady does. Oh, so good. So and then, much innuendo in this episode. <laughs> and Jack just makes, like, a face. I can only describe it as a face. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just... Yep. I think he knows what he's, she's concealing under there. I had to rewind it a couple times uh, to rewatch it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, the reason Jack is there is to ask Rose a few more questions, presumably about this arson. Yeah. Um,
0: and she reveals during this interview that, um, she and Kitty had a secret arrangement to be at the beach and, like, just act in a debaucherous manner, um, but that night they actually had a fight, um, and she kind of knocked Kitty out and went for help, and when she came back, Kitty was gone, um... And yeah, so she, I think, thinks that she may have been responsible
1: for Kitty's death,
0: but of course, the autopsy shows that it was drowning.
1: Yeah, not a head wound. She did not kill Kitty, but she's you know seems pretty convinced that she did. So yeah. And then Jack also challenges her for being a pyromaniac. Like that comes out in this, or maybe no, no. He tells Miss Fisher. He tells Miss Fisher, and
0: Miss Fisher says that she'll keep a close eye on her flammables.
1: And then she gets up in a like very suggestive way, which I did not really understand why this was suggestive, and like adjusts her jacket. And her crotch is like in, in his, face. his face, and he just like kind of smirks. like uh, yeah, he
0: makes another mm-hmm. face. That's a classic Miss Fisher thing, though, <laughs> where like Jack's face is just like accidentally like in her crotch or like in her boobs. Like they do it a lot. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, very suggestive. That's not a that's not a technique of flirtation that I've ever used. No. But, um,
1: it works, yeah. it works for her definitely not works for
0: her so then when they get back to the house Jane's mother is there and everyone's very tense about all of this and I guess you know she saw Jane's picture in the paper uh, so I guess sort of like Sirius Black saw Peter Pettigrew's
1: picture in the <laughs> in the paper in Harry Potter um, except Jane's not a rat anyway. (laughs) Right, yes, it's true. Um, this is our random side plot for the episode, so. Random side plot. It's not a bad one, though. It's, I sometimes
0: dislike the random side plots. This one, I I have no beef with.
1: Really? I don't know. I like some of the other ones better. Yeah. But it's alright. Um, and then Mr. Butler. He's got drinks at the ready. God has drinks at the ready, as always, and Dot is wearing a really, really, really ugly cardigan, as always. (laughs) Dot. (laughs) Hopefully in the movie they get some better clothes on her. I mean, like I get that it's her style, but it's really that cardigan she wears a lot, and it's just oh. yeah. And I mean, I feel bad for Dot because, like, she's obviously
0: a well endowed woman, and right. I, I, I think that the fashions of the nineteen twenties were not very forgiving no. to the large chested. No,
1: nope. But the color, like, I yeah, guess. all she wears is like shades of beige. Yep. So. <sighs> all right, yeah. Mr. Mr. Butler gives her a medicinal. Yeah. Because, of course, she's not going to take a drink, but if it's medicinal. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then,
0: you know, they're, those two are, like, moping around, Dot and Miss Fisher, because they're upset about this mother revelation. Yes. And we cut back to the city south, and um, Jack and Hugh have, like, found Kitty's bag, and they're rooting around in it. Um, and, and it has
1: dun da clues in it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it seems to have an awful lot of money in it, which they don't really comment on. But, like, there's just a bunch of bills in there that they pull out and then set aside.
1: Yeah, well, she was, like, presumably being paid.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: That's why she had the nice shoes.
0: Yeah. Um, and then also they find a key and a ripped-up beer coaster. And Jack's like, Hugh, please reassemble <laughs> this. And we're all, of course, like... Dot's going to have to do this for him, because that's always what happens.
1: Also, like, would it be that difficult to put a beer coaster back together? Like, it's not very large. Yeah, why can't he do it himself? He, like, struggles over it and then has to ask Dot for help. It's pathetic. It really is.
0: (laughs) Back to the random side plot. Um, I just have in my notes, Jane and Mum are acting shady. Yeah. Um, And we find out that the adoption was never made official, because, of course, her mother couldn't be located and also couldn't be confirmed dead.
1: Yeah, so. so the papers are never signed. Yeah. And Jane is being very moody about this. And Yeah. Anyways, um, back I, to the beer coaster assignment. Yeah. Way more urgent than Jane's, yeah. you know, mother.
0: Of course, Hugh immediately asks Dot to reassemble it for him. Um, and then he, like, falls asleep while she's doing it, I think. Which, again, <laughs>
1: how long would this take? There's maybe ten pieces.
0: Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous, but... Then on the back of it, um, there's it has a bunch of names written on the back, um, baby names, as it turns out. Uh, yes, Kitty was
1: in the family way. Yes, um, it also on the front has it's for Witten's Pale Ale, which we see later. This, this seems to be a theme in the episode because the nephew is carrying a case of this beer later. It's not really that much of a clue, but it's sort of treated like a clue.
0: Yeah, I mean, because, like, presumably this beer would be served at lots of different bars. Mm-hmm. And, you know, bars I go to tend to have a lot of different coasters. And I'm not really sure. But, you know, if it didn't leave a paper trail, it couldn't be a murder mystery. Right, so, so they had to, yeah.
1: It's a clue. <laughs> it's a clue. That's the important thing. Yep. Um, oh, and then this
0: is where we find out that um, Kitty was definitely drowned. Because um, Jack just fills Miss mm-hmm. Fisher in on the coroner's report. She also had a boot print on her back. And the coroner didn't notice she was knocked up. Which Which, Dr. Mack would have noticed, but... No, Jack had the autopsy and she was pregnant. That was Uh, in the autopsy report. It was? I thought it was not in there. And then they had to, like, go back and confirm.
1: Oh. Well, Miss Fisher had already figured it out. Because, of course, she's a step ahead of everyone. Right. Because Dot is, like, had to let out Kitty's frock in the middle. And, like, Dot didn't pick up on this for some reason. Even though, like, in the first episode, her... Although maybe, yeah. Her fellow maid, Alice was pregnant like dot should know what was going on yeah dot should be familiar with the symptoms of pregnancy (laughs) yes um anyways
0: (laughs) anyway um they also find a mysterious badge in her purse like a little Mm -hmm. school pin
1: and friday says it looks familiar oh what could it be
0: (laughs) um and then jane fakes sick so that she doesn't have to go to rehearsal. Mm-hmm. I like that you have written in your notes in all caps "ill" <laughs> with quotation marks around it.
1: For some reason, I have a lot of like I have keys in all caps, clues is in all caps, beer coaster is in all caps. I don't know what I was. She was pregnant. Like half my notes are in all caps.
0: Well, sometimes you just need to emphasize. <laughs> and if somebody's fake and sick to get out of going to a dance rehearsal, then all caps "ill." <laughs> but I mean, the quotes are just really like
1: IL. IL. <laughs> "ill, ill." She's ill
0: yeah fat chance um so Miss Fisher goes to the rehearsal without her and um, sniffs out that the badge belongs to Derek, the mayor's mopey nephew, and whisks him away to the police.
1: But first, we see Marie very awkwardly flirting with Derek. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just like in a painful way. Oh my god. This it's is just, another yeah. place where
0: she reminds me of me at that age. Because uh-huh. I was always like, just, you know, ineptly chasing after boys who probably weren't interested in me. Yep.
1: It <laughs> was definitely me. <laughs> um.
0: Listen, I want you guys to know, listeners, that Genevieve and I
1: were heartbreakingly. Cool in high school um. <laughs> oh, man. the other day I got thinking about this outfit I wore in high school and it was a, it was a long um, like khaki skirt, like ankle skirt with slits up the sides and then I would wear it with an oversized Home Depot t-shirt that my uncle gave me because he worked at Home Depot. And I thought I was so cool. Genevieve, that's horrifying. (laughs) It's horrifying. Why did you think a Home Depot t-shirt was cool? And then I would wear it to top it off with like colorful knee socks and men's Vans like sneakers with Cookie Monster shoelaces that I bought at Hot Topic. God, we were cool. Yeah, so real heartbreaker. And I'd like to note for the record that
0: both of us were also in marching band.
1: Yeah, (laughs) the cool factor and the heartbreak. Like, men just falling all over themselves for for that Home Depot t-shirt. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Anyway. Um, So, awkward flirting. Derek is carrying a crate of Wittens. His coat has the crest from Kitty's purse on it. But he lost his badge. And
0: then we sort of cut over to where um, Marie and Rose, Klepto and Pyro, are talking. They're witnessing this. And Klepto is like, Derek would never hurt her. Um, and she explains her theory that Katie was trying to entrap Derek because she was pregnant. Right. Which...
1: Which is correct. Correct, yeah. I mean, was she trying to trap him, though? Maybe she was. I don't I know. I think so. I mean... Um, or maybe that's Marie's, like, over-exaggeration. She was definitely trying to get with him. Because, like, he visited her at the bathing shed and right. stuff. And, like, yeah. they were kind of dating. And I think it's plausible that she was trying to get him to, like, marry her to avoid the shame.
0: Yeah. Um... And then at the police station, Derek, it just, it seems very obvious that he's lying about his alibi. I think he says he was at home, and the mayor... No, he was at his uncle's Oh, he was at his uncle's Listening yeah. to the wireless. And his, the, his uncle shows up and is like,
1: yes, Derek was with me the whole time. Um. I have, the mayor arrives in all his smug glory. Uh, he just yes. has the smuggest look on his face. So the
0: and then um, Rose shows up. And starts, like, dinging the bell, which is such a, like, teenage girl thing (laughs) to do. Like, ding, 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 please
1: help me. And then she's yelling. She's like, was Kitty expecting, was she expecting a baby bang? And then... She sees the mayor and Derek in the office, and the mayor is giving her the evilest look. And if you didn't know who the murderer was at this point, you can't really miss that, that murderous look.
0: Yeah, but Jack and Friday definitely miss it. They don't seem... Or but miss- I don't think
1: they see it, because they're, like, standing in the office. Right, yeah. And, like, the camera is where Kitty is. Right. And you see the mayor's look. But yeah. I don't think Franny and Jack can see that.
0: Um, also, I'd like to note that she's once again wearing a horrible poncho, hat, ribbon. Yeah. Everything is bad. Yep. It's all bad um and then why is she so upset uh Friday asks and Jack suspects that she holds a torch for Derek a
1: man in uniform <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I, just Jack. Think, I think he's trying to flirt with Friday, which is funny because he doesn't wear a uniform no he just wears a suit he wears a uniform hmm <laughs> I mean, what is it about men
0: in uniform? This is this is like a, a stereotype that has never really gotten to me. I am Really? Not, yeah.
1: It depends on what the uniform is and it depends on who the man is.
0: Yeah. Although in a book I just read, there's a character who constantly wears his school uniform because he doesn't really have any other clothes, so those are the nicest ones that he has. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other characters do not find this sexy. They think (laughs) it is stupid and they mock
1: him for it. Yeah, so the uniform thing, not always. Nope. And then, like, again, back to the... I feel like we talked about marching band more than I would have anticipated in this podcast. Well, there's an unsexy uniform if I've ever seen one. And I was watching, you know, college football yesterday and... The band uniforms are really silly. And, like, I see this as someone who, you know, spent a lot of time in that uniform. The short <laughs> little jacket? Yeah! And they're, like, <laughs> wool and the hat and, like... Let's be let's be clear. They're definitely polyester. <laughs> Ours are wool, but... Oh, all right. Michigan yeah. State. Yeah, we had wool uniforms. But, yeah, then, you know, you march and you get all sweaty and it's raining sometimes and then it smells bad. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. Did you have the, the plume on your pants? <laughs> yeah. We had the oh, plume. Yeah. And the little gloves? Yep. Yeah, it's
0: awful. You look like a like one of those yeah. organ grinder monkeys or yeah, something. It's really bad. It's bad.
1: Um anyway, so yeah, the not all uniforms are sexy. And, <laughs> yeah. Anyways. So
0: then they run off to the seashore to test the key that they found in Kitty's bag on the bathing shed, and it's a match. Um, and they find Kitty's hideaway and mm-hmm. evidence that she had more than just Derek. This is a bathing. They find shed. a
1: razor with some gray hairs on it, which Derek is probably doesn't have facial hair yet.
0: Yeah. Also, like, it's just weird, like, if you were, like, arranging a rendezvous in a fucking bathing shed with an underage girl, would you be, like, shaving there? Wouldn't she just go back home
1: and shave? I, I, don't, I don't know. Well, maybe it's like you would stay there all night and then had to go to, like, the office in the morning and couldn't look unkempt. Weird. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Um, also, I like in this scene that Friday's definitely in charge. Um, she, like, snatches the key and says, we're going to the seaside, and, like, Jack just follows her. He's like, "Oh, the seaside? Yeah, and I'm oh like, my... oh, who's in charge here? It's Rodney. me. She's pretty... definitely in charge of this investigation. I'm pretty sure I
0: read a fan fiction where they, like, make out at the seaside. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> at the
1: scene of a, at the murder, the scene of a...
0: Unrelated seaside, yeah. They just, oh, okay. They go for a drive, and then I think they have a picnic.
1: Um, another one of my favorite episodes, the one where they're at the seaside, and we get to see... Jack and Hugh in bathing costumes. God, that episode can't come soon enough. I have watched that episode so many times. I love that it's one. It's such a good episode. The one where they're in the parlor and the
0: champagne pops. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. Well, stay tuned for that. I think we're only really a few episodes away uh, from
1: that. One of the best ones. <laughs> Anyways. So, should we open a window? Or...
0: I know. <laughs> anyway, um... Uh, next, we have, like, a montage of the flower maidens that are all up to no good.
1: Oh, wait, wait, wait. Um, also, the beer. We see the beer in the bathing shed. Right, Again, yes. it's a kind of a, an extraneous clue, but it is there. And I, you know, I'm going to fill my role of pointing out all the clues. Right. Um, so then we have the montage of the flower maidens mm-hmm. up to no good.
0: Back at the hall for the ball. The ball hall. Kit, um, <laughs> or... Er- Marie is trying to make out with oh, Derek. So it's the worst. And I love this accurate portrayal of teenage hookups where it's like it couldn't be worse. It could be more awkward. He's like not into it and then she kind of like grabs uh-huh. him
1: and pulls him in and he's just like, "Ugh, oh, gross." <laughs> And then Marie, you can't stop thinking about Kitty. And then Marie just, like, slaps him. I'm like, all right, come on. This was not the self-defense. So I'm just oh, yeah. what i was talking
0: about. I mean, I kind of feel like if you're making out with a guy and he tells you that he can't stop thinking about another girl, you can give him a slap.
1: But the girl is, like, has been brutally murdered. True. Like, I can see where that might, like, put a damper on yeah, her Yeah, I think
0: Mar- he's probably picturing her bloated, drowned body, whereas Marie is picturing him you know, he's thinking, she's, she thinks that he's thinking about, like, you know, getting it on with this girl. Yeah,
1: but I don't think he is. I think he's just, like, yeah. you know, like, someone he was dating was brutally murdered, which...
0: Well, as previously established, um... Yeah.
1: You know, she's not the brightest crayon in the box. Yeah. And then she says, the deal is off, and I won't cover for you anymore. And this, this confuses me. I tried to understand why this mattered, but...
0: Well, I think she agreed to pretend that they were like dating or whatever, which she obviously wanted them to be. Um, so it, that
1: to cover for him dating, but he's already admitted that he was dating Kitty. Did he? Oh, no, he hasn't.
0: Yeah, he hasn't. Okay. No, he says that he gave his badge to Marie and Kitty must have taken it when all along he gave his badge to Kitty.
1: Right. Okay.
0: So Marie had, I think so it was right, go along with that story because, you know, yep. she wants a date to the Queen of the Flowers ball oh, or whatever. Marie.
1: Marie, oh, Marie, just give yourself, like, ten years. You'll
0: be doing better it's than It's all going to be better in college, Marie. Yeah. It's all going to be better. Um,
1: <laughs> so then Jane is rooting through Franny's desk. She's definitely up to something. Oh, and before this, she is, like, reading Henry Lawson, which I researched. Um, but she's like, oh, I'm still not feeling well. And Franny, like, goes out and leaves her by herself. But she's reading Henry Lawson, which I looked up. And he's an Australian writer and a bush poet. He's among the best-known Australian poets, um, so he struggled with mental illness and alcoholism for most of his life. Um, he was the first Australian writer to be granted a state funeral, though, wow. and was son of the poet, publisher, and feminist Lewis Lawson. All right. Um, one of his story collections is called "Well the Billy Boils," which I enjoyed. <laughs> <laughs> That's like a kettle, right? I I guess. I think it is. Um, and then. His mom was actually a pretty cool lady. She ran boarding houses and saved enough money to buy shares in a radical newspaper that her and Henry then edited from 1887 to 88, and then she went on from that to publish The Dawn, which was Australia's first journal produced solely by women that frequently addressed issues such as women's right to vote and domestic violence. Do you think they had a
0: serial about, um, like, fairies battling a monitor lizard?
1: No, I think it was a little more,
0: um... A little more serious? A little more radical. More family planning and less embroidered yeah, lavatory I covers? Think so. okay. I think so.
1: Okay. so. anyways, <laughs> his mom was a pretty cool lady, and he was pretty cool too, but kind of had a, some, some struggles in his life, but... That's right. Okay. Well, that's interesting. <laughs> that's the only research I did for this episode, so... Well, I did none, so good job. <laughs> anyway, so then Jane is pretending to be sick, but really she's up to something. And she takes money from the tin of yeah. Mister Butler's housekeeping money, and she runs off to her mother's boarding house.
0: Um, and also, we have a little clip of Rose, aka Pyro, playing with fire at the bathing shed, and someone shows up there, um, and you can see clearly in her face that she's surprised and upset mm-hmm. to see this person. Um. Uh, oh, and then also Jane has we you know it seems like she's running away from Miss Fisher to go live with her mother, but. She immediately, when she gets there, gets up the adoption mm-hmm. papers, and it's clear in a very sweet scene that she yeah. just wants her mother to sign the adoption papers so that she can stay with Miss Fisher.
1: Yeah, it's really I guess I don't know, it is a really touching side plot, and like yeah, she she brings the adoption papers and money and a Henry Lawson book that they used to read together, so yeah, it's really
0: sad, yeah, um, and then Mr. Butler notices that the housekeeping money is missing, and of course immediately dot notices that Jane is missing. And then we find out somehow also that Rose is missing, mm-hmm. but probably not having a reunion with her long lost mother. <laughs> no, I don't think
1: so. Um, so then Jane and her mom are reading, and the poem, I looked up what poem it is. It's The Wanderer Light by Henry Lawson. It's a beautiful poem. Um, and then the mom says that she'll pick a cake, and Jane says she has to be back by morning.
0: Yeah, and she's like, it's too late. You know, and it's yeah. obvious. It's, we definitely shift into like. Jane knows that her mother yeah. her mother needs mothering, mm-hmm. and uh, there's definitely something wrong.
1: All right, anyway, so yeah, everyone's missing. Yeah. So, we're at the police station, everyone is missing, Derek is talking to Jack, which we get another, I feel like we get, in most episodes, a scene where Jack is interviewing just, like, a very incompetent sort of doofus man <laughs> just, just for the contrast where you're like oh yeah jack is amazing at least this time it's like a 16 year old boy so you yeah. expect him to be kind of a doofus <laughs> um anyway so Derek, yeah admits that he had an arrangement to meet kitty at the bathing shed and she wanted him to marry her and he said no that night the night that she died he told her no that she wasn't going to marry him and then told his uncle about it
0: but he did say he was in love with kitty and he didn't want to kill her
1: Yeah, and he feels really bad because Marie had to cover for him about lying about the school badge. But Uh, we also find out
0: that it could not have been his baby.
1: Yeah, he's only known her for six weeks, and she was three months pregnant. Ooh. And then Hugh comes in with the title for the bathing shed, and guess who owns it? It's Creepy Grandpa with the sediment decanter. It's Gramps!
0: (laughs) Okay, but actually in this scene... Jack finds out who it is, but for some reason, like, we don't, and I mean, the reason is obviously suspense, and I think it's, like, a couple couple more minutes before we find out that it's the grandpa. Mm Um, so, because, so first, I think we go back to the boarding house, where, like, so Miss Fisher is, like, frantic, right, Mm -hmm. about Jane being missing, and Jack and Hugh figure out where the mother lives, which is this boarding house, and then they go there, and Jack just, like, fucking kicks on the door, like, the romantic badass that he is.
1: Wait, that happens later, because first they go see the, first they go see the grandpa,
0: yeah, my notes are a mess. And Grandpa
1: <laughs> says that he lost the shed in a card game. Maybe this man has a gambling problem, and that's why he doesn't have any money. Or any clean whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> Someone needs to buy that man some clean whiskey. Um, Jack's ask Jack asks if he had set up Kitty for his own convenience or for others. Um, <laughs> Awful. But he doesn't really answer that right away. Yeah. He kind of... Um, Oh, and then Franny comes to the grandpa's house because she's looking for Jack and Hugh. And that's where she's like, Rose and Jane are missing. Um, and the grandpa's like, oh, yeah, Rose left a note. And it's like a suicide note. Oh, my which, God. like, why didn't he leave with that when what the police showed up?
0: Oh, my God. How has this man been appointed the guardian of this girl? He's clearly a fucking idiot. And he's
1: useless. And then he's like, well, I guess she likes the beach. Oh, my God. So then they run to the beach. And Hugh opens the shed. And Rose is lying on the bed, drugged out on sleeping pills, and she says, he made me do it, but it's, like, very groggy. Right.
0: And then Jane, of course, is not there. No. Because she's with her mother. And then they go to her mother's boarding house, right?
1: Well, no, then they go to the hospital. Right. And Dot and Franny are sitting with Rose, and Franny is, like, in a state of high agitation because there's no news of Jane. Um, And then Dot tells her that the adoption papers are gone, and that's where Franny figures out that she must be at her mom, so she goes to the police station. And then... We cut to the, a part of the boarding house. Right. This is when we, and Jane is asleep, and her mom wakes her up to say that the cake is done, but the cake is all wrong, and, like, she used salt instead of sugar, and it's just really, it's kind of That's heartbreaking. very really sad, and then it and, becomes
0: clear that she's mentally ill. Yeah. She's she,
1: paranoid. Yeah. Um, and then Jane tries to escape, but the key is gone, so, like, the mom is all paranoid that someone, someone's been in her house switching the salt and the sugar, and just, yeah, it's really sad, and then there's a loud banging. Yeah. And then, so Jack is helping Phryne find Jane because he's a good guy. Yeah. He doesn't have to, like... He doesn't have to do that. Nope. Um, So then Hugh confirms that Mr. Weston lost his office, like his seat on the council because of gambling. But the mayor is trying to get him reinstated. Suspicious. This guy seems useless. Why would the mayor be going to bat for him? Unclear. And then there's a call about a domestic disturbance at the boarding house, and this is where we get a great scene of Jack breaking down the door.
0: Ugh, hard eyes emoji.
1: I mean, actually,
0: I shouldn't find it sexy that he's, like, just using, like, violent force. And in real life, I might actually be a little upset about it, but as it's portrayed in television,
1: I find it pretty hot. (laughs) Well, and it kind of needs to happen, because, like, yeah, Jane and her mom are out of the roof, the mom is in distress, and then... The, you know, the door is locked from the inside. Like, I think this is probably the right thing to do. To kick the door in? Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I guess Franny
0: couldn't have done it. Although, as previously established, I mean, her shoes do have the ballistic capabilities (laughs) of the forty-five revolver. Anyway, Um, Jack takes care of it.
1: Yeah, and then he runs out into the... This is very... It's just... Yeah. He runs out onto the roof. Yeah. Where, like, like, the mother is, like, trying to, like, jump out and... Yeah,
0: all is, all is saved.
1: Yes. And then the landlord's like, oh, I'll have to evict her. And I'm like, you did, what? Like, this isn't the like time. The, this isn't the time or the place. Maybe we can talk about that later. <laughs> and then Jack says, okay, but you need to come down to the station. He's like, not. Nah, he's not here in the eviction talk. He's like, I need to talk to you about it. Yeah. Because um, he's a good guy. Yep. He's, yep. A, he's a straight cop, you know? And then the next
0: scene I'm not a huge fan of, they bring. Jane's mother back to the house mm-hmm. and, you know, clean her up and give her tea and everything. And she's, like, much calmer. And Jane is like, you know, she just needs me and I'm sorry. And and I think she says something about, like, not wanting to send her back to some institution or whatever. Because, you know, mm-hmm. those places are awful. And Miss Fisher says that she'll be taken to a nice, comfortable place where she's happy. And I'm thinking, like, that doesn't exist. This is 1928. Like... They're going to take her to, like, where are they going to put her? You know, there's no, like, fucking nice care home for the mentally ill. Yeah. So I don't Um, like that she kind of lies to her
1: like that. But probably Franny can afford a better care home than the mom would have gotten otherwise.
0: Yeah. You know what I actually, I didn't research this specifically for this episode, but um, I learned that the word bedlam comes from from like old English because there was a not old English but it's it's an old-timey word from the Bethlehem Hospital which was a mental hospital oh. in the like 1600s or something where people would actually go and they could pay like a penny to just watch mental patients. Yeah, like it was like a, a thing you could do for entertainment and it was just like an, wow. awful, an awful place to be and I guess that people pronounced it Bedlam and that's where the term Bedlam comes from. Wow. It's referring to like
1: like, it, paying it, it, to see mentally ill people right. as an attraction.
0: Yeah or, yeah, or just like a place where,
1: where mentally ill people are. Huh. Fascinating, right? Yeah. There's a lot of disturb- like, we've been watching Boardwalk Empire, and on that they have, like, apparently, it used to be, a, like, a sideshow attraction that you'd go look at premature babies. Like, and it was actually, that's how they, like, invented the incubator, because they were keeping I've the heard that. babies yeah. alive for yeah. the sideshow attractions. Right. Which I guess was a good outcome, but still, like, very strange. That's very upsetting, actually. Yeah, yeah. Oof,
0: thank God for modern medicine, and just living in a more humane time.
1: Yes. Anyway, so...
0: (laughs) (laughs) But then, then, also in this scene, I want to note that Jane comes out in her flower maiden dress, and her crown, and she looks so sweet. It's, like, beaded, and it's got these little, like, petal sleeves. It's very cute. It is.
1: Um, And then Jack arrives, and announces that Mr. Weston wasn't reinstated to the council, but only because the mayor was absent the night of the meeting, which was the night Kitty died.
0: <laughs> and I just want to note that this conversation should not be happening in front of Jane, but it does. Yep. Anyway. <laughs> um. So then they rush off to question Rose, or actually Rose is somehow at Miss Fisher's house. It's like she's recovering at Miss Fisher's house now. And they question her about this. Probably
1: because, what, she's going to go back to her creepy grandpa's house? Yeah, I mean, he probably sold her
0: bed to pay off his gambling debts. Yeah. Like, where would she even be sleeping?
1: So, obviously, she's at Miss Fisher's.
0: And so, she reveals that it was the mayor who forced her to take these pills at gunpoint, trying to make it look like suicide. Um, and this is so heartbreaking. I know. Like, it's, she. he was basically using her, you know, like sort of courting her like his little girlfriend and and she believes this like she thinks yep. she's going to become the girlfriend of the mayor and then her grandfather introduces Kitty to the mayor and Kitty becomes his girlfriend instead and I, I think the way they present this is it, you know it's, it's like it seems realistic the way they present it where like she's like jealous and she's like because yep. I think that's what it would really be like like often in the you know when this stuff is portrayed in like film and stuff the victim is very, like, re- you know, they, they're like, yeah, I was abused and everything. But, like, at that age, you probably wouldn't realize what was happening to you. And you would think, like, yeah, right. I'm his girlfriend.
1: Yeah, she's like, he, I,
0: he wanted me to be his proper
1: girlfriend, but my grandpa stopped it. Yeah. Um, I'm like, oh, it's so skeezy. Like, yeah. you just think, like, what? Yeah. Yeah. And then, so then in the next scene,
0: they bring in the... Or not in the same scene. They bring in the her grandfather to for her to like confront him about this, which I, is another example of something where I just think. I mean, I suppose it had to happen yeah. to solve the crime, but it just. I mean, she's just admitting that she was like held at gunpoint and like forced to like fake her own suicide by this man who is sexually abusing her and her friend, and they want her to like conf- confront the person personally responsible for it. Yeah, it just seems. I mean, yeah, it seems rough.
1: Um. Anyways, so then, Franny goes to the mayor, the mayor's house, with the police. Mm-hmm. And with Rose, which is a weird strategy, but then I realized that, like, it was so she could identify him as the man. Yeah,
0: but again, it seems, like, extremely
1: traumatizing. Yeah, and, like, she's all dressed up, so it's, it's like, a little creepy, like... It's creepy. It's creepy. Yeah. Um, like, she probably could have identified a picture of him, or identified him in a lineup. Yeah. Where, like, he didn't have to see her. Probably they didn't know a lot about child
0: psychology in 1928,
1: but, uh... <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a little anyways. So she identifies him, and he's arrested. And then Franny and Jack debrief the, the case. Arm and arm.
0: Arm and arm. And I'd like to note that I love Friday's outfit. The, like, purple dress with the gold yeah. accessories, the shoes and the hair oh, yeah. and the bracelet. It's great. Also, Jack says that he's impressed. Yeah. So this is a real turning point in yes. a working relationship.
1: And he has Jane's adoption papers.
0: Yes, but Miss Fisher says she's going to hold off on that and just be her guardian angel since her mother is still alive, which seems like the right move.
1: Yeah. Um, so that's that's the end of the episode. All right. Do you have a murder recap for us? I do. <clears throat> murder Rundown. Murder Rundown. We need theme music for this. Do, 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 do. <laughs> um, the mayor is a skeezy creep. Who's creeping? I'm um, the debt-ridden Mr. Weston's granddaughter. Um, In a fit of cowardly protection, the grandpa sets the mayor up with his laundry maid, Kitty, instead. Um, Then Kitty gets pregnant, wants out, tries to trap Derek into marriage, um, which, you know, as a teenager, that would seem like a very logical thing to do, but then the mayor gets scared and kills her instead, which, again, sometimes it's like, people, why is murder your answer to this problem? Anyways, he kills her. Both Derek and Rose argued with Kitty the night of the murder and had been lying to cover for themselves. Marie is covering for Derek because she knows... That he gave Kitty his badge, but she also, like, wants him to date her. So, again, teenage logic. The mayor realizes that Rose is on to him, and she charges into the— pl- when she charges into the police station asking about Kitty being pregnant. So, he threatens her to write a suicide note and forces her to take the pills, and then the Jane-slash-mob plot has nothing to do with the murder. Right. Yes, nothing to do with the murder. Excellent recap. All right. Um,
0: okay, so what did you have as your best outfit? I had Jane's little red riding hood coat. I Aww. just really liked it. Yeah. Well, I had her Queen of the Flowers dress. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. So Jane all around.
1: Yeah, good week for Jane in Yeah. costume uh-uh. world. Worst outfit? Dot, again, the cardigan. Every <laughs> time she wears that, I'm going to put it as my worst outfit of the week. <laughs> um, I had Rose's hideous poncho. Oh, yeah, it was pretty bad. It was pretty bad. It was, like, kind of velvety, but, like... Was it the velvet poncho? No, it's, like, printed. It's sort
0: of white with, a like, a busy print on it. Oh. I don't know. She wears also an ugly velvet poncho. I'm
1: thinking of the ugly velvet poncho. That's the one she wears to the police station. Yeah, that's the one I'm thinking of.
0: Yeah. Um, best week? You know, I actually had a really hard time thinking of who had the best week. I guess, like, you could say Miss Fisher because, like, Jack is really letting her in on the case, but it just seems to me like everybody loses this week. Nobody's having a good week. Um, you know. I, so, I guess i say Miss Fisher, but hesitantly.
1: i put Jack for the following reasons. He solidly solidly establishes himself as a romantic interest by doing a 100, like, nice guy things like he's doing. He's, like, helping Miss Fisher out. He lets her take the lead. And he has no competition in this episode. Oh, yeah. Lean Chung is, like, gone from the picture. And Jack just has no competition. Seems like he's getting a little comfortable in this little space. He
0: is, It won't last, but. Yeah. He's getting some innuendos. All right. right. Good choice. Good choice. Um, worst week, 100% absolutely Rose. This yep. is just, like, heartbreaking.
1: What happens to her? And she's going to be scarred for life by it. Oh, yeah. I don't know. And what happens to Rose after this?
0: Like and She can't go back to living with her awful no, grandpa.
1: definitely not. Yeah, what happens to
0: her? <sighs> I don't know. Um, okay, the murder. Well, wait. New
1: scale first. Oh, um, self-defense teacher. Yeah, I had judo. <laughs> judo. Because there's this scene when, when Jack and Hugh walk in. Oh, He's yeah. like... Miss Fisher knows judo? And Jack's like, of course. Of course she
0: does. Jack's like, it could be anything, and I wouldn't be surprised.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyways, murder method. I put it as negative five because of black, creepy old men.
0: Yeah, I give it a two. Like, I didn't even want to rate it because it's no. so sad. It's, it's like, so sad. And then the forced suicide attempt is, like, just really poorly executed. Like, yeah. aside from the fact that it's despicable, it's like... If you're gonna fake someone's suicide, like, at least give them enough sleeping pills. Like, didn't you
1: research this at all? Or, like... No, he's in a panic mode, and he's, like, thinks he's above the law. But he's
0: got a gun. Like, couldn't he have just shot her and then, like, left the gun in her hand or something? I don't know.
1: Yeah, but then it would have been traced back to him.
0: Or he could have drowned her and pretended that she drowned herself. But, like, anything to make sure she actually died, like...
1: Well, the mayor... Yeah. Probably not the smartest guy. Except he's the mayor. (laughs) Anyway. Uh, it sucked. Sexual tension. Um, I gave it a six for innuendo. I gave it a three, but with lots and lots of groundwork laid for future sexual tension. Can't wait. <laughs> Again, Jack is the only love interest in this episode,
0: so... Ugh. Lay in the groundwork. You know what this is making me think of is that I'm sure there's going to be some kind of conflicting love storyline in the movie. Like, they have to do it. I mean, I'm sure they will. You know, there's going to be some kind of, like, some kind of competing suitor for miss i hope affection. so because
1: yeah i mean i feel like part of what makes the show so good is that will they won't they the tension it's always just like i mean i basically sizzling i the basically surface. live for that like yeah.
0: if listeners if you know of any other shows movies or books <laughs> that feature a will they or yes. won't they romance like please send it my way because it is catnip
1: to me <laughs> well and in like the whole time i watching the show it's like oh i wish they just would but you know what if they, if, like, say in this episode, they just, like, got together, the show would be less enjoyable. Oh, yeah. But you know what is also good, though, is sort of an
0: uncertain getting together. Like, where they maybe are, like, like there's a little bit of kissing, or, like, just, you know, in, in other things I've read, where they, they sort of get together, yeah. but neither person is really sure where they stand with the other yeah. person, so there's still a lot of back and yeah. forth. I love that as well. <laughs> anyway.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, this episode, I guess, now that we've recapped it, I don't know. It's a hard, It's just so many dark themes, which all the episodes have dark themes, but this one is just like, yeah. it's tough. It's a tough one. I prefer it when the murder victims are adults
0: and not vulnerable children who've been sexually abused, but yeah, it's nice that they're covering it, you know, I guess. I,
1: yeah, and I guess in real life, like, I don't know, stuff like this is more realistic. Yeah.
0: Like, and you know what I appreciate, though, is that they don't show any of the abuse occurring because there's nothing yeah. worse than like, you know, like. I read the girl with the dragon tattoo books and I get that they were, like, sort of covering this, like, sexual abuse and, like, violence against women but they also, you know, it was, like, sort of a revenge story but it also
1: covered the abuse in such such excruciating detail. I had to stop reading the books I was like, I don't need to know every detail. I read the first book and I just, it made me feel so grimy and I was like this is, like, if I was into this stuff, I could read this book and, like, you know do it for me and i'm like i don't want to be reading a book like that no no so
0: so i like that they they cover justice yes but not the act itself yes and i think that wraps us up yeah okay so next week we'll be discussing season one episode 10 death by misadventure which is a great episode i like it we get more dr mac we get a queer storyline which i always like i love dr mac and dr mac just a great character and Doc goes undercover
1: dun, dun. get ready for it listeners <laughs> yeah.
0: see you next week